I am Paul, the Polymath. Welcome to Polymathematics Institute, the home for skill collectors, knowledge adventurers, trivia ninjas, dabblers, and masters of their domain. This podcast is for the curious, for those who want to make themselves better, for the persons who love to converse on any topic, love memory games, metacognition, and the occasional single event learning experience. Life brings about many changes. As you get older, you're going to go through different phases of life. Today's podcast is on my own current transition in life and what I've learned when my children became adults. Vicarious learning is the idea that your breadth of knowledge can be expanded through empathy and through experiences of others. Nearly everyone is able to learn this way. The reflection on your own life as you watch others grow and succeed or perhaps stumble and fail allows you to learn through their experiences. Learning this way requires reflection and honesty. Self-reflection, of course, is a prerequisite. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to encounter this learning face on. My youngest son had just returned from college with enough time to unpack his car and return with my family to watch his older brother graduate. We celebrated this ritual of passage as a new beginning, a chance for a new torch to be lit, a chance for our offspring, our investment, our time and energy to go out into the world and make it better for the future inhabitants of this planet. My son's fiance also graduated from college that day, my new daughter, as a new chance for the world to improve a burst of energy and ideas to shape the future. Our lives are consistently changing, moving from one fluid state to another. We are saturated with experiences and opportunities for growth and learning. Sometimes that river is fast and loud, and at other times it is deep and silent. A graduation in some weird way is both, at once overwhelming and somewhat terrifying, and also a time to reflect on those who came before as pioneers in the quest for learning and the passing of knowledge to the next generation. I firmly believe that education is a technology. Education, according to Heidegger, was a way of revealing, and according to Aristotle, was an arrangement of techniques that make possible and serve human ends. Education both reveals and makes possible. It serves human ends. And the history of education gives some merit to this thesis. Education has been implemented as a way to improve the soil of enlightenment for the purpose of harvesting new ideas. In order for there to be new ideas, societies are required to ensure that their population be informed about the ideas that came before. Older ideas must be tested, contested, and evaluated. New ideas, as well, must be debated, refined, and scrutinized. The improvement of our daily lives is a logical consequence of the implementation of new ways of training, reporting, and informing the population at large. My day consisted of two ceremonies, one for my daughter-to-be and one for my son. The ceremonies were in the morning and the late afternoon with a break in between for masters and doctoral candidates. Here were two full rooms of undergraduates, all hopeful and excited to receive their diplomas, their paper validations of the learning that they'd already accomplished, quietly listening to the same speeches, the same jokes, and the same platitudes on the opposite ceremony listening intently as if to squeeze one last drop of wisdom from the commencement speakers. Maybe they would help these students to find purpose in jobs that they had already accepted, or perhaps provide them with some sort of beacon for direction 
as their next months and years would need to find that purpose that they were seeking in their friend groups and lecture halls just a week ago. After they walked and received their diplomas, I was able to spend a short amount of time celebrating their success with friends and family, eating a nice lunch, and then they departed and we headed home. My youngest son still in classes pursuing his physics degree. I have spent a great deal of time reflecting on the past five years, the graduation ceremony and the consequent years without my oldest at home and my youngest gone for a year now. I know that many will tell you all about the separation, sadness, and empty nest anxieties. I have not experienced this as much. My experience has been one of learning and growing into my new role of supporter and coach. The reality is that just as I have leaned on my parents in adult life for continued guidance, I still serve that purpose for my own two sons in the same capacity. The sadness is fleeting and my excitement of getting to follow them through their new pursuits gives me the strength to move forward into the next phase of my own life. Let me share with you some of the learnings that I have experienced. First, my two sons have butted heads with me more as young adults. And let me confess that I recognize it is entirely my fault. Learning to give them the space and become their own people, they are learning to navigate and inform their own tastes, opinions, and goals. They are not mini-me's. My failures to recognize this are when things go awry. My encouragement for my listeners who are at this stage or about to enter. This is the number one learning that can help you move forward. Allow your adult children to become their own people and continue to love and support them when they need you. Let them ask before offering and do not expect them to share every one of your values or opinions. Second, you have an opportunity to experience brand new things. Your children will perhaps choose completely different career paths. Keep an open mind and be ready to stay current. Do not cling to outdated knowledge or values. Ask questions and be ready to debate with the intent of learning not winning. You might learn new truths. Remember that your ideas were once considered new and different to your parents. Remember that they might have rejected that opportunity to learn and grow. Age does not inhibit learning. Attitudes inhibit learning. Another opportunity for learning is that your adult children will help you. This will feel backward. This will be uncomfortable. Prepare for this. I had time to reflect on this when helping my father a few years ago. He was uncomfortable accepting my help. I was very perplexed by this, but now I get it. Your children are no longer children, but become the adults and decision makers. Develop a relationship that is comfortable enough to be able to talk with them and about your goals and needs as you age. I understand that this may be really distressing, but it is much better to discuss it before a sudden health event so that they will know what you want. My boys are both STEM monsters. Mathematics being dinner conversation. I have to stretch to keep up. They have creative and inventive ideas that they test against each other, arguing about physics and math. They depend on each other to keep learning and growing. They are models for what society could be. The arguments are logical, supported by evidence, and original. No Pratt from my boys. For those of you into logic trivia, a Pratt argument means a point refuted a thousand times and is used to point out those who have fallen for old debunked arguments that they have just discovered and don't realize that those arguments have grown stale. No, no Pratt from my sons. Instead, they have their own very well thought out and logical arguments that they test against each other. And when I can keep up, they argue against me. 
Ideas are brought to light in ways that I cannot get from my friends, and I learn new perspectives, and I am challenged. I also learn about the newest research and where my gaps in understanding about STEM are. I get a chance to be guided into new worlds of knowledge and problem solving. I have learned that my passions don't need to be their passions. I have learned that my values don't need to be theirs. If you have done a quality job of parenting, then you should be excited that you have installed the ability to explore and grow into your progeny. One of the most uncomfortable things that I have realized is that I am now a relic. The fact that my experiences were a product of a time past creates feelings of inevitability and a chance to gain new perspectives on the history that I once felt so distant and detached from. I can now see the effects of presentism, that is, the idea that we judge the past by our present-day values, in a way that I did not realize when I judged the actors of the past who I found were not as progressive or aware of my standards of my own day. Now my views from my late teens and early 20s are no longer as enlightened as I believed they were. I think that this may be part of the problem that we are experiencing in our current culture war. People who genuinely try to produce change feel like their contributions are forgotten or even devalued because their views are considered now dated. Please let me present a strategy that I have implemented to help me deal with this. Okay, so here it is. You can still grow you can still change. The views that you had can be altered, changed, or discarded when new information becomes available. You have not yet died and you are not a walking museum of antiquated ideas unless you choose to become one. Ideas that challenged your perspectives can still be measured, analyzed, given merit based on comparative ethics, or discarded because they no longer deserve that merit. You don't have to reject new ways because of tradition or habit. In fact, I would offer that habit can be the enemy of growth, and of course tradition can be upheld while understanding its problems and purpose. If you need it, you have my permission to change. <laughs> Look to young people to find out how to become better. My home is emptier now, and I'm also having to relearn my relationship with my wife. Our marriage has revolved around the raising of our two sons far more than 20 years. On the topic of raising children, we were a very good team. We had very few disagreements over the years related to child rearing and responsibilities. Now we are working through and redefining what that team art means on basic things like home maintenance. I need to become a better listener, communicator, and I need to learn to compromise. An opportunity to become better around every corner. As my sons moved far away, I also learned that my friend circle is small and that my self-care has been lacking for over two decades. People who know me well know that I have almost a superpower to endure mundane daily work. I was in the grind mindset way before that term existed. My ability to work multiple jobs and juggle various expectations for years on end is my defining life experience. The problem with this is that there is a list of about 500 books I wanted to read but didn't, a thousand movies that I wanted to watch but didn't have time and a million ideas that I never had the chance to explore. I regularly succumbed to work encroachment and had several businesses fail. I've had at least 50 ideas or inventions that have never been financed, produced, or completed due to a lack of time or funding. I always felt that the well would run dry before I had newly found time. Well, the lesson to be learned here is that the well has not dried up. I, in fact, am able to still see solutions to problems and envision products and solve those problems that don't yet exist. 
And now I have finally had time to maybe try again and make these ideas into real products. As an experiment, I recently opened an Etsy shop. I discovered some hidden abilities and interests during this experience that I would have never have guessed. My definition of who I am is still evolving. I have learned to have new dreams as this chapter of my fatherhood closes. I have realized that my future is only limited by my imagination, and because of that, I believe that it can still be rich and maximal. This renewal is the result of experience and parenthood. Drawing on the experience of having others depend on my resourcefulness and hard work fostered those skills. My decades of teaching experience have given me insight into human nature and have fostered a latent ability to perform in front of groups of people. My children looking up to me for advice and leadership have gifted me with the comfort in knowing what the limitations of my knowledge are and how to temper my hubris. Many of my goals during my 20s can no longer be achieved because the world has changed. But this has taught me the importance of letting go of goals and ideas that no longer inspire and no longer fit within the constraints of modern life. I have learned that this is not the death of good ideas, but the pruning back of weedy ideas so that my life can become more fruitful. I have also learned more than anything that I miss my sons. My life with them here was so much more. I recognize that everything I did was better if I could share it with them. I know now that the times that I spent away from them are among my greatest regrets. I never bragged about them too much, and I have infinite pride in their accomplishments. I have also learned that pursuing dreams is real. It is easy to get discouraged in our modern world. Late-stage capitalism and the myth of meritocracy can create a sense of hopelessness. The reality is that you can still pursue your dreams. You can incrementally learn just about anything and with time achieve that dream if you have the discipline and focus to stay with it. I know that in previous episodes I have talked a ton about techniques for learning, but the factor that might be missing the most for people who face a long path is the grit to stick with the work while the goal seems elusive, distant, and difficult. Both of my sons have proven to me that difficult tasks are worth pursuing, that there is still a chance for a young person to make an impact on the world at large, that the domain of change has many paths and many solutions, and we are all capable of overcoming obstacles to achieve the goals we set. Perhaps my goals weren't ambitious enough. Perhaps my disappointments in my fellow humans stem from weak leadership to make effective positive change, and not because of a lack of interest or ability. Either way, my sons have renewed my hope for the future of humanity. Their routine proof of their ability to solve problems, work hard, stick with difficult tasks, and never settle for accomplishments, but instead reflect on how they could have done better, have demonstrated the premise of this podcast. If you can solve the problems that keep you from your goal, maybe it is possible for you to solve the problems that face our world for the next century. Vicariously, is it possible to learn these lessons without raising and parting with children? I honestly don't know, maybe, but the deep learning in my experience is a result of the sacrifice and dedication as part of the process that was created by raising my sons. I try to explain to my students routinely about how to change behaviors and avoid the inevitability of the pain of consequences. I have yet to see them utilize these lessons in anticipation of pitfalls. Some of the lessons in life, it seems, can only be learned over the long game. The journey and process without a specific destination and yet knowing when you have arrived. Perhaps the lessons requiring reflection also require experience. 
as a reminder in my uh as a reminder in my show notes i have listed several related readings to the topics we've discussed today um when you buy those books if you take the links um i do get a tiny cut of that and that does help me with this podcast i am now offering memberships on my podcast if you want to pursue that just head over to the links in the show notes below so we're all here to learn right so check this out a chain yes a chain is actually a measurement of length it is an imperial unit equal to 66 feet and is subdivided into 100 lengths this calculates out to be 7.92 inches or 20.12 centimeters for those of you who have discarded fun measurement systems per link. There are 10 chains in a furlong, which only makes sense in terms of chain because otherwise a furlong is 660 feet, 220 yards, or 40 rods. Another fun use of the word chain is the term chainage, which actually refers to a running distance measured along a curved or complex course. These chainages are what an odometer actually measures. Furthermore, the length of chain that is stored in your ship's locker is called a road. The road consists of every type of line that connects the ship to the anchor. And in fact, on very large ships, the anchor is not the main device holding the ship in place to prevent drifting, but is mainly the weight necessary to pull out the tonnage of road from the locker, and that weight of that heavy metal line on the bottom of the sea is what holds the ship in place. Dragging the road along the bottom is very bad. So, what we call a chain in measurement is different than what we call a chain as in referring to the metal linkages, and that is actually a road. So then what do we call a chain when we're at sea? Well, a chain in nautical terms is a platform affixed to the hull of a ship used to do soundings. A sounding being the practice of dropping a line with a plummet. Plum meaning lead. So yes, it's a piece of lead on the end of a line, not a rope. So yes, a plummet, meaning to fall or to plunge or to dive uh, because of the plummet made of lead on a length of line was dropped into the sea. In Old English, the sea was called the sund, S-U-N-D, and thus the word sound or sounding, meaning to measure the depth. A measure of six fathoms or a mark six was called the deep six, which is the term we now use when something is thrown over the side of a ship, removing it from the deck and adding it to the depths. When the sailor on the chains would keep soundings in dangerous waters, they would yell, Mark Twain, and that meant the depth was two fathoms or getting shallow. This is where the American satirist Samuel Clemens adopted his pen name, remembering his time as a riverboat pilot. Oh yeah. And that fathom, six feet or one eleventh of a chain. So a fathom is six feet or one eleventh of a chain. I would like to dedicate this episode to my father and to all the fathers out. I hope you have a happy upcoming Father's Day.
Oh,